All right, welcome everybody to Dojo Talks. In today's episode, we are gonna be talking about YouTube, which is a place where one might find chess videos, including some from Jesse Costa and myself. And uh, what inspired this topic or my the process by which we got here was I wanted to propose to Jesse and Kostya that they turn off monetization on all their videos on YouTube. And um, you know, the normal, the normal dojo process, we talk about it a little bit, we vote, someone gets outvoted and uh, you know, is mildly pissed off maybe, but, uh, but I would say generally happily goes along with whatever the other people <laughs> have selected. And, you know, I, I guess, have never really wanted our videos to be uh, monetized on there. So I've been sort of smilingly going along with the current uh, situation for some time. Uh, well, it should be said, like, I generally turn off monetization on all of my videos, but leave it on for Jesse and Costa's videos. <laughs> we haven't had an official uh, a policy on it, but I thought it was time to bring it up with them. Uh, and, and so I'm doing so. And, but my thought was I could uh, discuss or argue about it with them just in public instead of on the back end. And then you guys would all understand uh, the decision we've made in more excruciating detail than if we made a change and published, you know, one or two sentences saying what we'd done. Um, so that's what we're going to do, Jesse Costia. I propose to you that we turn off the monetization and the ads on every single video on the uh, Chess Dojo YouTube channel uh, because number one, I don't believe we actually get any money from it, uh, and well, that's not even number one. But <laughs> number two, we don't actually get any money from it. I think, and number one, it forces other people to watch ads and ads are heinous, heinous, trash. And uh, I, I don't wanna put that trash into other people's heads. Um, yeah, it's interesting what you said about there's, there's three of us. There's always a decisive result, which is, which is cool. Um, well, I don't know. So yeah, there's, there's a couple of aspects to this. Uh, number one, ads. Ads bring some, some money, at least a little bit, which which can be useful for other stuff, um, but it's really, it's really small. I mean, to put it in perspective for folks, I think if a video, I mean, I'm sure there's there's charts and stuff people can can look up, but um, if a video gets less than, I don't know, ten thousand views, it really won't make very much over its lifetime, and then even at ten thousand views. I think you get like a couple dollars <laughs> for the video. So it's really like, it's really not a lot. So videos really need to hit um, like like viral, like gets hundreds and thousands of views or millions of views before they they can bring in some real uh, cash. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do feel like ads can really ruin the experience. And uh, I know we were, we we're going to talk about just how we watch YouTube at some point as well. But for me, um, if I'm watching a long YouTube video, like 30 minutes or an hour, I can understand why they put ads like in the middle of the video. But sometimes I'm watching YouTube while like I'm doing dishes and like my hands are wet and like I can't like click yeah. skip ad with wet hands. And I know I'm not the only person that this has happened to. It's very frustrating, extremely frustrating. And uh, it does sour the experience for me. Um, there's, there's even ads, Kostya, which once it's played the whole ad, it won't go to your video. It just sits there on some kind of like screen waiting for you to click like, yes, or I'm done or, or go on or something like that. Cause it's got some kind of frozen call to action. And it's not cause it's a bug. Like there's a lot of ads like yeah. that. So if your hands free, you're going around your house, you're trying to listen to some podcasts or some music or something it just like stops. Oh. No, I've had that. And that's, um, yeah, that's a real bummer. But also that's, I mean, for the short ads, that sucks. But also there's ads that are literally like 32 minutes long. And it's just like some kind of weird interview ad. And it's like, if you don't skip it, it's just going to play the whole 32 <laughs> <Yeah>. minutes. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, to the wrong podcast. It's not so, the one you wanted. It's definitely there's definitely some issues with YouTube ads that it could be um, improved for the the user experience. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, eventually the idea is to have a successful YouTube channel, and and if that means that the videos are getting lots of views, then that would be a lot of ad money that we're we're leaving on the table. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which I'm okay with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, mean, we can also say we're not we're not there yet, and we could revisit the topic at some point if we had videos that were getting enough views that you thought we might earn something on monetizing them. Potentially, you could even say, "Hey, David and Jesse, we've got two videos that are viral out of two hundred. Let's just monetize those two and not the other two hundred." Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Some kind of um hybrid system um i think for me it's important to step back and think about what the dream was when we began and then maybe a little bit what the dream is now so i feel like uh something that i felt very strongly when we began and i still feel is that the millennials although they don't admit it are the just the generation where the shift has happened from text to video so for example, I grew up in text and basically since 1500, <laughs> the Western world was a text-based culture. And in the last, especially 15 years, we've moved away from that text-based culture. And now we are primarily communicating by video. So whether I like it or not, I have to accept that this shift has happened. It's a big shift in my life. For, for me as an older guy too, it's like, oh, <laughs> I learned how to read and write and that's how I was gonna communicate in the world. And now it's in fact video. So when we started, the dream for me was as, as somebody who previously did a lot of writing or tried to do writing, this was my way of communicating with the world. And in a lot of ways, I still, very much like that dream, whether we monetize it or not. Um, and so at the beginning though, it was like, oh, well, the dream is we're gonna get this channel going. And I remember there was this whole thing. We were like, we needed a thousand subscribers to like get monetized at all, you know? And then we, I was so pumped. I was like, yes, this is gonna be like what you do cry. You're gonna like create content and get paid a little bit for it and hallelujah. You know, the whole thing with like, you know, just I got to say, as somebody who's tried writing, like you write a book and there's just not that many readers left anymore. So you just it's just a dead end. So I was like, OK, this is the future. And so it's a real dream for me. Um, and so at the beginning years when we started, I was all about growing the channel and the view count and all this other stuff. And where the question from David becomes interesting is now that we've built this base, well, what's more interesting is the platform than the money, or at least, yeah, for sure, whether we decide to monetize or keep it monetized or not, is that now I can use the YouTube to make the videos for like um, the training program. Like I did all these path to 400, 600, 800 videos, and I didn't monetize those purposely because I was like, oh, I just want people to get turned on to the training program. Um, as evidence of like the shift, I thought, from like trying to make money off of it to a platform. Um, I think one of the things about it that you could criticize us is throughout these years, we didn't um, invest enough capital, whether it was money or energy into making the videos especially smooth. If they had been smoother, maybe we would have been one of the few. There's only like maybe, I don't know, four people in the chess world making YouTube videos, maybe five that are actually making money. I think everybody else is just like us and they're just making hardly anything. So anyways, maybe if we had made them smoother, it would have been, you know, trying to get into that top five who are actually getting all the views and nobody else's. So I feel kind of ambivalent about it at this point, but I do feel strongly about the dream that video is where uh, the future is, whether it's in 
chess or anything else, that that's the future of information transfer. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. I think I agree. I hadn't thought about it that way, as far as like, you know, how civilization as a whole communicates, but it certainly makes sense. Yeah, so our, yeah. our current I mean, system, okay. sorry, our, our current system is that we, um, we just leave it up to each one of us right like so if david doesn't want to monetize his videos like that's fine and then we monetize pretty much everything else except for like training program videos because we want people to uh to just watch those without any um any restrictions yeah i don't know i mean for the most part i think the um the way i've always thought about it is like everyone else does ads so we might as well do them too Otherwise, we're missing out. Um, there was a good point made in the chat that we, we should probably research in that if you demonetize a video, apparently YouTube might not promote it to as many people. Right. Uh, yeah. is, that, is that true? Is that a thing? That's what I've heard too, yeah. Oh, um, so yeah, that would be a bummer. <laughs> that's not, but that's on the other good. hand, those videos I put out recently that weren't monetized, they did get a, a, a large viewing. Um, yeah, just actually they here. did okay, but I mean that's just compared to our our YouTube videos as of late, which aren't aren't spectacular. I mean they're mostly just kind of uh, reruns of streams. But just to put actually in perspective what I was talking about before, like I wrote a chess novel years ago. It's fairly well received. People still read it. But if you think about the amount of people who read that compared to the amount of people who watched this just this last series of videos. Oh, it's extraordinary. We're <laughs> like just the amount, it's yeah, just a complete different playing field of people watching the videos than ever read my book. Anyways, that's just side point. Yeah. But um, maybe you should uh, make like an audiobook of your book. I did make an audiobook. Yeah. You did. Put it okay. on YouTube How did that do? So people can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you put it. We'll put you reading the book on YouTube. Yeah. But, but how did the audiobook do? Was that, was that, it's still, you know, it's still selling. It's still selling, but just in terms of raw numbers, like a video on YouTube is getting much, much more than anything, you know, with text involved. Yeah. Yeah. And videos are now getting uh, shorter. And people are moving over to TikTok, which is just something that we have to face. And it's not just people yeah. that are moving over to TikTok. Yeah. The platforms are also moving over to TikTok because every platform now has their version of TikTok. YouTube has their like little short reels videos. Facebook has the same thing now. Uh, if you're scrolling on Facebook, at some point you'll just get start getting shown videos like TikTok style. Um, huh. Instagram, I think, uh, yeah, they've got their, their TikTok thing now. Um, and Dojo has a TikTok as well. People probably don't know, but we, we re recently started one. Um, TikTok is cool because I don't think there's ads on it. As far I haven't used it much, but I haven't seen many ads. It, and if anything, it really just shoves the videos right in your face. It's like you don't even click on anything, and it just starts <laughs> it just starts showing you stuff because it knows that's that's why you're there. So <laughs> here you go. So I haven't really figured out TikTok yet, but we do have one. And I mean, our idea was to kind of just try to put some morsels of educational or interesting chess content on there, try to reach more people. Um, but uh, yeah, so this like, right, YouTube ad question, it kind of feels like it's not even, might not be so relevant in the coming um, times. But Kosi, the way you kind of did it there was you were kind of implying that, okay, so going forward as Jess Dojo policy, who's ever posting the video will decide whether it's monetized or not. Is that your... I, well, I that's think what that's we've how we've, so been, far. we've been doing it. Yeah. I just wanted to that's, clarify that. Okay. Yeah, that's been our unofficial, but sort of like ad hoc situation that we've, that we've been uh -huh. in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So then we have an epic problem then for this video when we post this one. <laughs> we'll really have, this is the one we'd have to vote on if that was going to be our policy. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Dojo Talks videos, I think, generally have ads on them. I, you know, yeah, I haven't like exactly. pressed, I haven't pressed the issue at any point. You know, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I mean, you say epic problem. I mean, I'm not like fighting you guys hard about this, but I would like to say like, you know, Let's take monetization oh, off. What, it, what do we gain from it? It's a very valid question because we, we don't get a lot from it right now. And um, ads are certainly annoying to viewers. What I wanted to um, just like highlight earlier is that, yeah, like so we specifically have a policy not to put any ads in the middle of any of our videos, which not everyone does. Not everyone does that. Um, but we specifically don't do it. Um, which which is cool we just put it at the beginning and the end which i think is reasonable but um yeah for these videos well dm hokey puts them up so he he decides <laughs> right he, he decides. he's usually hitting the monetization <laughs> right okay it like i think like ballpark we get maybe 70 dollars in a month from youtube is that uh, no that's not true right now it's a little more it's like maybe like 200 maybe just under 200 okay um which is yeah very small for a month for four people and it's been that way for at least over a year it hasn't moved it's just yeah so it's not making a lot it's not growing either yeah though so, though my feeling is that that's kind of our fault because we don't make a lot of our youtube channel has a lot of inconsistency and so what we've done during our best periods is we made like good videos for youtube but then we sprinkled in these kind of like hour long streams that, that do much worse. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to grow on YouTube, I think you have to kind of like ride that momentum. So I think, and, and this is part of the plan for us at some point, um, like once the, once the training program is like at a good place and maybe we want to like advertise it a bit more or just advertise our channel a bit more, is if we just start making like videos tailored for YouTube where we're like recording, it's not like, an hour long stream, but it's like a 10 minute thing with like a clear topic. If we just did that for a month, I think our channel would would grow a lot, right? If just every video was was just like a banger, like the number one thing you're not doing for your chest and like all yeah. this stuff. We can do clickbait titles as long as we actually deliver on the promise, <laughs> <laughs> which is to give people the truth about chess improvement, right? So if we did that for a month and then it was just like short, like 10 minute videos, then I think our YouTube channel would grow quite a bit. The problem is we've just never done that without also having these kind of low performing videos, which kill kill the momentum. And we also just don't do it for for very long, right? We might be active for like a couple of weeks and then we kind of stop off and then it the momentum dies again. So many things I want to fight in what <laughs> you just said. <laughs> I mean, these bangers are these short form videos that don't really have that don't really have value. I think the shortening and shortening and shortening of videos is the opposite of like having good videos. It's having bad videos. Like, no, not at all. Not at all. Like, I, videos are better. I have a, um, a more clickbaity video on, on our channel um, that's called um, Should You Care About Your Rating? And I think it's like 10 minutes of just very useful wisdom for a lot of people. And like that video has been, been shared around a bunch and people are always talking about how it's like, very useful advice and now they don't worry about their rating anymore. I think these are things that you would definitely support. Like people are now playing more freely. They're not worrying about their rating. They're like trying new stuff. They're not worrying about their rating. <laughs> okay. Like you can I mean, still give really good lessons in 10 minutes. Okay. This it, it, it's possible, but to say you need to shorten your video and consistently only post the 10 minute things and ax everything that's longer than that is like exactly no, no, no. just like a rush down to the bottom of the toilet drain. For you don't have to ax it, David. You don't have to ax it. You just have to put it on its own channel. We can yeah, have- Yeah, that's axing it. <laughs> no, it's not axing it. It's just separating the content. So the people that want the short 10 minute stuff, they can just watch that. And YouTube's like, okay, I know what this is. This is just a cool little channel with cool 10 minute clips. Let me promote this. And then we'll have our more serious, like hour long, you know, stream channel with like the full Dojo Talks, the USCS videos. 
and then YouTube can be like, okay, these are long videos for people that really like like to get into this stuff. They'll find it on their own. We don't need to promote it. <laughs> They'll be fine. And then that's just, and then we can then promote whatever we want on our end. So then we've got a channel that's a bunch of like bangers and a separate channel. So if somebody like Kyle wants to see a good chess video, what you're supposed to do is search for chess dojo, go to this YouTube channel, find that it's not the right channel, but that it has a link to the right channel and then go to that channel and watch some videos on that channel. And then I ask you, Kostya, why even have the second channel with our good videos there? Why not just direct him to like our shop and have our good videos in our shop? Well, cause this other, this other channel, it's not like um, the content is made for YouTube. It's like our podcast, which most people aren't watching on YouTube. We're just putting it as a service to them. Most people are just listening to this, right? And that's what we want them to do. Or we want them to just watch it live on Twitch. And then for like the US chess school classes, we want people to watch those live. We're putting them on YouTube for the folks that want to watch them later. And a lot of people do really appreciate that, but that's not something we're doing like for, uh, to like grow the channel, you know, it's just, and the main thing is we want them to watch it live on Twitch anyway. So it's really not like that. We're like hiding some of our best content. It's like, that's not even the place we want people to see it. I'm just saying if we wanted <laughs> to grow the YouTube channel, yeah. That's what we would do. We've never, that's never been our focus. We've never sat down and been like, okay, it's time to really grow YouTube. And like, here's what we need to do. And I just want to say something really obvious. It's a frustration for me is that I would really love if it were possible to make some money uh, doing these videos that were both uh, informative and well-produced. And the, the bummer is that because we haven't been able to make money. Well, then like the motivation goes out for me to like care a little bit about it all. So then like back to you, David, it's like, well, I get it why you wouldn't want the ads. But at the same time, if somebody does a great video, whether it's about chess or something else, and I'm watching their ad to support them or I have to deal with the ad, whether I watch it or not, um, that I don't feel bad about. And I do feel like these people who are putting a lot of effort into their videos, uh, creating great content should have, they should be compensated in some way for sure. I, I agree. I think that, you know, as long as people aren't giving you bananas for free, you need people to send you a dollar when they like your video. But I just think like ads are not the way, like we can, we can, and I think to some extent already have started like streamlining how we monetize the work that we do, right? We tell people like support us on Patreon or like buy something in the dojo shop, right? Like the training program, for example, right? Or we can post, you know, more and more videos there as well and, and sell them uh, through, through the training shop. And it sort of like tells people like, look, we don't need you watching ads on YouTube. That's not... I don't sit here at home and be like, I hope there's some people out there watching ads to support us. Ugh, you know, you know, we're not asking them to subscribe to us on Twitch and send like half the money to Amazon and half the money to us. We're saying like, look here, you can support us on Patreon. You can make some like donation or you can like buy some of our videos here. And that's how we're going to, you know, buy our bananas. And then we don't need to monetize any of that other stuff. And I think you can see the YouTube channel in a different way then as either A, advertising some of our other things, right? Um, or B, just putting out good content and those who want to can, can funnel towards other areas where they, can, where they can donate to us, right? Like our YouTube can have a link to our Patreon, et cetera. Yeah, it's hard to find for, for people. I mean, we really have to um, do better about about pushing that other stuff because it really takes a lot of work for someone to, to find the link and then they have to go and then like figure out like payment and then on Patreon, they got to figure out like what level they want to sign up for. There's yeah. kind of, there's a lot of steps to it compared to uh, they're, they're watching an ad and then we're getting paid and people aren't actually paying us. Right. It's just people watching for free.
so they're getting the content for free already and that's just kind of how we're um, getting a little something in uh, in return yeah I mean you could take off the ads here's another thing you could write you could take off all the ads and put in like a three second clip of one of us saying like sort of near the start of the video rather than the end but somewhere in the video like a little clip of us just saying like hey folks we've turned off all ads if you want to support us go to our patreon that's quick that would right. be very helpful um, and then it yeah. just gives people like an option because as jesse said you know like if he's watching a content he likes he's happy to support that person to some extent and i think you've got tons and tons of people out there who want to support and you can just make it like very simple be like okay yeah i mean I guess we all we kind of owe DM Hokey a vote in this one too, by the way. We do, <laughs> but I, um, I, you know, I, I'm feeling pretty uh, ambivalent about. But how about this? Why don't we switch then? Because it's interesting what Kosti is saying. Why don't we switch then to talking about YouTube and chess in general? Because what Kosti is turning me on to, and I think this is right, is not only does old man cry having to suffer from the millennials stealing text and turning it into video. But not only that, but then Kostya is suffering from the Zoomers stealing YouTube and turning it into TikTok, <laughs> right? Um, and I know that that TikTok, there's like, it's weird because there's other informational stuff besides chess. Like I know there's even like, I'm not a TikTok, I, I haven't really gone down the TikTok road yet, but I know there's like even like financial advice on TikTok, there's everything. Yeah, the there's TikTok. everything. Yeah. Right. Um, no, no, TikTok has been around for a while. We're all just way too old to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to have gotten on it. Um, but I do see a lot of potential on TikTok because that's where people are, are spending their time. So if people are spending hours on TikTok and then they get to watch some very brief chess videos and then it kind of hooks their interest and then that brings them to the Twitch, then I think that's that's kind of what we're... Uh, looking for and ultimately I feel like that should be it should, I think that should be the goal is to like bring people to the Twitch this is really where like we want people to kind of follow this is where we're going to have like the most updated here's what we're doing right now kind of thing mm. um, I want people to join the training program I, I feel like that's the funnel that I'm interested in yeah well that's from here <laughs> but, okay All but right. I feel like Twitch is still kind of the important platform, if that makes sense. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, from Twitch, I guess this is where we're kind of like centralized. It's very strange. We have like a YouTube presence, Twitch, there's a Discord. I like the Discord. <laughs> yeah. There's, of course, now the, the training program as well, which kind of lives on, on Discord. Um, yeah, TikTok is interesting because it's, um, yeah, there's no ads, right? I mean, it's at least there's no, it's not the same as, as YouTube ads. There might be like sponsored, uh, TikToks and stuff like that. Um, which is, uh, which is a different story. Um, so did, yeah. Do we want to talk about just YouTube and what we like in general? Okay. Uh, I'll yeah. start and say what's interesting to me about it is that I, I am not interested in what has made it in the chess world. So if you think about, I think, I think about Agatamator, I can't pronounce his name, Gotham, uh, now uh, Naka, Hanging Ponds, that site has been doing well. Uh, there's maybe Narditsky. All of those I'm not interested in. I, I, I've tried to watch a little bit of each of them doesn't doesn't bring me in it's not that interesting um i feel usually they're not thinking too much about what they're presenting oh eric rosen as well um and not to diss on those people but i just the content itself is a means of me like getting something out of it i don't i'm, I'm not into it on the other hand what i really like what i really like is um right after the game is played uh, let's say at top, some top event, especially if I'm following the game and then they interview, uh, let's say Fabi or one of these other guys and they ask him before he sees the engine, like what's going on in the game? And he just gives his human 
gut response about what was happening. And then I get to see inside his mind and compare his mind to where I was following the game. Um, and that's either like sometimes it's on chess.com or feedhs or some other website produces it. And it's just a quick interview. Oh, fantastic. I love it. <laughs> I eat it up. That's great content. Fantastic content. Sometimes too, you'll find content with like Casparov uh, talking about his games and stuff. Fantastic. Um, so it's out there on YouTube. But I think one of the things that I realized after we created the training program is just like me, people were bouncing around in YouTube land looking at different pieces of advice and they weren't, none of those pieces of advice were sticking. And so what the training program then did was like, right, okay, so forget all of the other stuff. Might be good advice, some of it might be great, but you need like a structured way of doing stuff instead of just bouncing all around. And that's what YouTube does. If you like have the algorithm, if you watch a lot of chess videos, then you'll get fed a lot of chess videos that are just coming from left and right field. Um, so it's a challenge for us as well, because that, as we were saying, like uh, it's, we are, uh, we are incentivized to do the clickbaity stuff if we want to grow as a channel, just as all those other guys are who aren't, I'm not interested in their content for the most part. For the most part, I'm just not into it. And they are also incentivized by the clickbaity stuff. And it leads to this unvirtuous cycle, right? Where the consumer is left dumber than we started, <laughs> maybe entertained, but not a much smarter. And then uh, it's only a couple people at the top who've made these kind of flashier, the flashier videos and the clickbaity titles win. Yeah, I mean, there's, I think it's a race to the bottom, you know, like the videos, like people got some idea, oh, this is what the algorithm wants. This is what the algorithm wants. And so instead of making the content that they might think is best or making the content that they want, they're sitting there trying to please some algorithm God, right? And so they're like, I need to shorten my video. I need to shorten it more. I need to like spend all my time and effort on a thumbnail instead of my actual content, right? I need a clickbait title. All of those things are things which I think we should ax along with the monetization. Like you need to, here's the fundamental, here's my fundamental argument for doing away with all this stuff, Kostya, is like you need, even if, even if it's not going to succeed, you need to be in the world in a way where you're continually sort of making the world that you want it to be. Okay. So like if you want videos to be long and it's, unfavorable for you to do that you need to still make your videos long you know if you don't think that people should be making up fake clickbaity baby titles then you can't do it just because other people are doing it or something like that you need to constantly try to turn the world into what you want the world to be and that that's my fundamental argument against all this stuff and if you look at the videos that are very successful in the youtube algorithm they're not good like jesse said you know it's like they're shorter and shorter and shorter and the other thing is they're being published sooner and sooner and sooner, right? So it's like the candidates game between Naka and, uh, you know, Dingley Ren is being played and somebody's already like got their setup to like record the video. The second it's done, they're like recording it. It's coming out, you know, eight minutes after the game is done with an, with a, with an eight minute video. And it's just not good the only way to sort of like try and think you understand the game that fast is they're clearly just running an engine on it. And then they're not thinking about it as a human. So there's no way for their content to be good. Look at how Jesse like thinks about those candidate games for hours and hours. And finally little bits percolate out of the game, you know, and you can, you can actually gain something and learn something. And if we put a video of Jesse up a VOD of Jesse looking at Nakamura versus Ding or Caruana versus Nepo or something like that for four hours. It's not going to do well on YouTube, but that's, that's good content. That's something that we can stand by something that we want out there in the world. And I, I think that's what we need to do. Algorithms be damned. They're not our overlords. So, so Mr. Bruce, what, what wait. content do you like? Okay. What content I like is just, the strongest possible players talking the most about stuff. So the longer it is, the better. And the stronger they are, the better. I mean, I actually, I like, I just mentioned something I like, Jesse. I like your videos. 
<laughs> when you when you slowly work through a game live like that at the pace at which a classical game is played. Mm-hmm. I also like the thing you mentioned, little interviews with like the super good players. I mean, often it just like goes past my head, even if I've seen their game, the the, the speed and the reference to all the variations. But if I've had a really good day and I had four or five hours to study their game and then I can listen to them talking for like two or three minutes about it, I may know what they're talking about. Um, Then that's incredible. And there it's, you know, basically it's the strongest possible player aspect of it that's really good. Uh, okay, wait. I gotta respond to a couple of things David said because <laughs> I feel like David, you're you're lumping like all the successful channels into one another, but they're really not all the same. And there's tons of like great content that actually that does well and also has like great thumbnail and and a good title. Um, so for example, uh, Danya's content on YouTube gets tons of views, and that stuff is pure gold. Like some of his videos are just like straight out of like uh, like just Dvoretsky level material. It just explained really, really well for, for low level players. It's absolute mm-hmm. gold. And he has good thumbnails and he has like good titles and some of his titles are, you know, kind of uh, clickbaity in, in a way, but it brings more people to the content. Like I don't really see, I don't really see the problem if you're delivering, <laughs> you're delivering on the title and it brings more people in. So I don't see why it's a bad thing to, to get more people watching. I will agree with you. I will agree with you that he's got good content and he does like lesson content. That's not just like, here's the crazy game from today that I watched a computer engine analyze. Right. I I agree, but I would still say there's no need to clickbait titles. You know, you can just say like King and Pawn endings, number 17. You you could, I mean, less people will watch it. I mean, okay. It's, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like if we're trying to teach people about chess, we should be trying to get more people to watch. And we're not like... I'm trying to teach them about more than chess, Kosti. I'm also trying to teach them about life. I want to train them to resist clickbait titles. We're all tempted to click on those things, you know? I go on YouTube to go check the comment. The, the main thing I do on YouTube is I go to our comments section and I answer people's like questions about videos, right? If I can find questions that questions that really need answers, right? So I go to YouTube and it like throws all these videos at me with all this like clickbait, like buzz, you know? And I'm like, oh yeah, I wanna see a three-year-old hug a panda bear, but no, don't do it. I'm trying to train people, not just to win chess games. Who cares in the end? I Wait, I don't understand. I'm trying Why? to teach them not to click <laughs> on the video of the three-year-old hugging the panda bear. I want them Why to wouldn't you want to see that? I don't, I don't get it. That sounds cute. That, why wouldn't you want five seconds out of your day to stop and smell the flowers and watch the three-year-old hugging? Well, that where does it great. end, Kostya? Then they click on the next one and the next one, and then they've lost like an hour and they didn't get to like their well, Don't work. lose an hour, just maybe watch one video. <laughs> it's not a big I'm deal. Here to, I'm here to tell people, you don't need to click on clickbait titles. You don't need to give clickbait titles. Give a very, very accurate title, descriptive, so that people can can click on what they think is going to be most useful for them and what they're actually looking for. I mean, I, I think this is just, honestly, it's just like a, just this very subjective thing. And it, it's really like a spectrum. Like you can get super, super clickbaity where you're you're fake and lying. But I think there's a long way to go from there compared to like, you know, just like the number one, number two videos, like King and Pawn in game number number 17 like you can at least make it like you can at least try to make it like a little bit more more interesting definitely so, i agree i agree it would be it would be king and pawn ending you know advanced flanking techniques look another good example <laughs> is uh, chess base india chess base india does incredible videos they will literally do like a two-hour lecture with with anish giri and they'll let giri talk the whole time, just ask them questions. So a two-hour lecture with with Rajabov, amazing content. They do these interview clips that I Jesse that was talking about. It was terrible. That's fine. They did like a, a hour-long interview with like Ding Laurent. They just do fantastic content. They do the interviews with players that that Jesse was was mentioning, um, and yeah, they'll make their titles interesting. They like draw more kids in, like. I think, you know, 10-year-olds need a little bit of encouragement to watch a chess video. It's like, 
if you want them to watch your content, which you feel like is the correct content, I feel like you need to at least do some effort to, to pull them in. Um, definitely the thumbnail. Like, that's just how kids operate. You can't expect kids to just have this, like, perfect moral compass where they're avoiding clickbait and just, like, searching for well, the video if, that they're attracted to the least them. and clicking on, on that. Not if we uh, just tell them, sorry, kid, it's mind drugs and we just need more eyeballs than other people because we think it's more important for people to watch our videos than other people's videos. I don't care if they watch an Andras video instead of my video. I want them to find the video that they're looking for. That's it. Yeah, but but they're never going to see this content here telling them like the truth and the wisdom. So be it. At least I won't have <laughs> directed them in the wrong way. I just feel like there's some middle ground in in that like, you know, you can you can definitely work a little bit on your thumbnail and your title without compromising the content in in any way. I just think there's definitely a lot of room from there to just being like totally fake. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you can't think about your title and think of like something interesting for it, but I mean, let's say the point of your lesson is something about king and pawns and you happen to have one example in, in your lesson, you've got three or four king and pawn endgames and one example in, is an endgame that Magnus played. Your video title should be about king and pawn endings and maybe like what the main techniques or ideas are that you're going to learn in the video. Your video title should not be like Magnus blows a king and pawn, a simple king and pawn ending triple question mark. Mm -hmm. You know, who's next? No, that's the point of your video has nothing to do with whether or not Magnus played that game. I mean, so we don't his name and his face out of it. <laughs> we don't really do that. I don't think we've ever even like, I know, but I'm telling that, you what we shouldn't do that level. <laughs> but that's just like, that's, I think, just kind of like a small portion of, of channels. It's really, again, I think there's a huge difference between what we're doing and, and that where we could be a lot more, you know, like uh, a lot more uh, clickbaity than, than we are. I don't know. Personally, I think it's fun. <laughs> I think it's fun to see how how far you can you can push. <laughs> I mean, I do care. I do want people to. I do care about people watching the videos. I wouldn't make the videos if I didn't want people to watch them. You know, but I, I'm not willing to to cross lines. Kosti, what do you consume? Um, Just <laughs> All right. So in terms of chess content, let's see. Lately, um, I watch a lot of live commentary. There usually will be uh, replays of live commentary, but like these days, if I have if I have any time, I'll watch um, the the Chess Twenty Four event that's been going on and trying to catch up um, with because uh, that has uh, Leiko doing the commentary and uh, anything Leiko does, I just try to watch all of it. I literally try to watch every second of it because he's just a great commentator and, and, and super instructive. And um, in terms of like chess channels that I'll follow. So yeah, I'll watch a lot of chess 24 stuff. Um, the Levitov chess channel has been super cool. They have like some of those Kasparov interviews you were talking about. Right, right, right yeah. And um, they're awesome because they have like a Russian channel, and I think they also have an English channel with like subtitles, because uh, yeah. most of their stuff is in is in Russian. But yeah, they do these like incredible like long documentary style interviews about like uh, Kasparov, like uh, Karpov's games. They did one with like Kramnik, like uh, literally like four part, two hour each uh, uh, interview with Kramnik on his like match with Kasparov. <laughs> going through yeah. the ins and outs so that stuff is really really fascinating to me and that's mainly what i'll um what i'll be spending my uh my time on occasionally i'll watch like some of the popular channels but really just to kind of see what they're doing like from yeah. from a content perspective not necessarily because i'm um super interested in um in it but uh yeah i think that's that's the main thing. Occasionally I'll watch Twitch as well for a bit. Though I don't know, do you guys watch any live Twitch? Like someone streaming? 
It's I rare. Know. I sometimes watch our channel. <laughs> sometimes I'll watch Twitch replays. Like if someone like does a yeah. stream or something that was interesting, I'll go yeah, back yeah, and yeah. watch that. But to me, that's more like I, YouTube now. <laughs> I will watch the two of you if either of you is uh, is streaming. Um, and I like to sometimes watch Hess do commentary on on Twitch hmm. for some for some show or other. Hmm. Just because I think it can help me get better as a commentator for live events. Yeah, that's another thing. I'll watch a lot of the the speech as championship, especially if it's like Hess and Danya. I just think they're they're great, mm -hmm. uh, wonderful. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely some of like the high level uh, blitz events for sure. Yeah, that's always fun. And then those like live. Uh, live OTB Blitz videos on YouTube. Not so much lately, but whenever there's like a World Blitz, World Rapid, and they record a bunch of uh, a bunch of games, uh, then I yeah, definitely I definitely like watching those. Okay, David, let me let me. I'll just make a proposal. I feel like we should air it with DM Hokey anyways. We can't decide right now, but yeah, I think um, whether we monetize it or not, what I would like to see is like first. We do have Braden helping us now with thumbnails. That hasn't happened too much yet, but that's hopefully going to be a thing where I do think a thumbnail has to be good. Just like a book, a book title also has to be good. It doesn't hurt if your cover on your book is good, right? That is not a negative. Um, but I do think that we can make the videos, I want them to be a little bit uh, more better produced, right? Uh, I want the dead time sucked out. I want, uh, you know, any kind of effect that might be cool thrown in there. And what I really think would be cool is if at some point, maybe it's just like a pop-up in terms of just like a little text or something that's like, dude, we're not monetizing this or something. Give us a little cash here or there, you know, or go check out the training program here. Just very simple things uh, that I would be happy um, to do it that way too. But I do want the, the dream is still there for me that I would love to be able to like say to myself, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to create a nice video. And I'm, it's not just going to be like 10 cents coming back to me. You know? It's going to be a little bit more. So the, the dream is still there in the same way as like an author. It's like, it's, you're not dreaming about making a gazillion dollars. You're just dreaming about having a little bit of compensation and also like the opportunity for to, to express yourself to the world, right? To articulate your own thoughts and then maybe get some kind of feedback going on from it. Yeah. See, that was a, that that was a dead space right there. That was, that was. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's, it's hard sometimes. Um, so I guess where I'm at with this is like, um, it does feel like maybe we should be more intentional about which videos we want to get a lot of views and which videos we just don't care. So, for example, like the these full dojo talks and the, the U.S. chess school videos, uh, I don't care how many views they get because some people really, really appreciate them and they, they're great content. I feel like it should be on YouTube. Like all the U.S. chess school classes, I think, are, have been really, really instructive and they're not popular because you have to kind of work and sit through them and, and listen to them which which i understand but uh I, i've heard from many people how much they appreciate those those classes so i feel like those aren't really designed to get a ton of views um whatever let's demonetize them we we get barely anything from those videos whatsoever um but then if we make content that's like specifically designed to be like for youtube and for the youtube audience yeah then i feel like the ads are kind of uh a part of that and if anything it's yeah it's kind of part of the 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 game and i think jesse made this point earlier but yeah i like seeing the numbers go up it just makes me feel more motivated even if they're small numbers but they're going up it just yeah it makes me feel better about uh spending all my time on chess um i also want to add like uh something as a little bit related to this but yeah it's the it's really bothered me that the U.S. chess schools numbers haven't gone up. And those also are killing our algorithm because they're long. And then they, since they don't get clicked, then our other videos don't get clicked. And I think it's a shame on both fronts 
So we, and, I, and I've talked about this in other places with you guys before, but those US chess school videos, we need to find a way for the production quality to be higher. A lot of times the sound is nasty, you know, and all kinds of stuff is going on, gets clipped in weird ways. Uh, that production value needs to be higher and then probably it needs its own channel. So where it's just US chess school videos. Yeah. And the easiest way to clean up the sound would be to just like make sure that there's good sound to begin with, you know, like just check in with with the teachers about their mic setup. But it's not just the sound. I think I think people don't like watching live classes if they're not uh, part of the, the yeah. students because mm -hmm. there's just too much of the coach referencing like a line or an answer that the people then don't see <laughs> and so you really have to kind of work and be patient because it's like it's still really good content and a lot of the videos you know you literally could just because it's just they're kind of like puzzle based so like the coach gives a problem you just pause the video work in it for 10 minutes then wait for the solution to be given and you still get like pretty much the full benefit of of the class um, but it's work for the viewer to kind of sit through stuff that they're not not a part of i just want to say one thing from what you said before about you know it's motivating to see numbers go up it's true from from the content creator's perspective it can feel good to see the numbers go up that's another mental trap that we just need to step out of i mean you just need to be happy if you're if you you need to have an idea of like a point at which you'd be happy and then just be happy there and it doesn't need to keep growing past that point and if it does fine it's not like it's not like i'm saying we have to try to stop our stuff from growing, right? But you also want to be able to be happy along the way and not like always be chasing after growth, right? Um, you know, have some idea like I want 500 people to watch my video or I want 5,000 people to watch my video or whatever it may be. And then if you get that number, that's great. You're satisfied. You're making the content for enough people. Enough people are enjoying it and profiting from it that it was worth your time and it doesn't need to always go up and up. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the, uh, the, the process, and I feel like the, the growth is the process and the process is, um, enjoyable. I don't know. For me, it's kind of like a psychological thing, but I really appreciate like if on a project, like we have on our, um, program, like we have the scoreboard, if I can check stuff off that like I've done this and now I'm 10% done and now I've done this and now I'm 20% done. I think that helps me get more done overall. I feel like that's just like a psychological, it's just like a habits thing. And and that's what keeps me like happy is that, because the trap is like, oh, I'll only be happy once I finish this like big project. Whereas like, no, you should be happy while you're like working on the thing. So I think the mm -hmm. like little growth, that's like us working on it. So mm -hmm. I don't know, to me that, I feel like that's that's very natural.